everybody to Park Lane Podcast, episode number 59. Spurs are still top of the league and Spurs are still unbeaten. Uh, we've got a lot of people in the chat today, so we'll uh, give a shout out to you all in a minute. Um, but just to remind you all, my name's Luke and I'm joined by my fabulous co-hosts. As always, Callum, I'll let you go first. How are you doing, buddy? I'm all good, thanks, mate. Uh... Once again, a win to win. So we are back and we at least are happy. Apart from H, who always looks like that. So no different there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, H is on his own days. How you doing, mate? You good? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm great. Sorry, Callum, since you had that little dig, first goes worse and second is the best. Uh, great to be back, actually. I enjoyed the live watch along. I tried to watch... A little bit of it. Uh, great game, great result. Top of the league, still not beating. Callum's still to the bottom of the FPL table, technically bottom uh, score prediction table. So, yeah, my life, everything's going well. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, Winnie, how are you doing, mate? All good, all good, mate. It seems like there's been, after the international break, we were gagging for football, and then it just seems like loads of football just happens all at once. But uh, we've got a lot to discuss, but positive, positive things. Exactly, exactly. Um, and if you are new to the channel, don't forget to hit the like button and don't forget to subscribe to the channel either. And also make sure you are following on our brand new WhatsApp channel. So if you're on WhatsApp, you just uh, need to hit uh, the uh, middle button on WhatsApp and then just search Park Lane Podcast and you get all your updates from us straight to your phone through WhatsApp. So give a shout out to loads of people in the chat today. So Jay, who obviously clearly didn't change his clocks last night because he arrived at 6.23. Saying good evening uh, to everyone in the chat and to the panel and to also Barney. And Barney said evening to you all. Um, and we've also got Thomas, who goes the pseudonym of Haley. So, Thomas, hope you're doing well. He said evening everyone in the panel and in the chat. Um, and our good friend, oh, Johnny. Man. Johnny is here as well. Oh. And he said, I salute my fellow deluded friends. Right, let's crack into that result. So Friday night, bear in mind we played Monday, straight into a Friday night game. All the pressure, in my opinion, was on Spurs to keep showing up, to keep grinding these results up. And we ended up winning 2-1 against Crystal Palace. Uh, and, you know, and temporarily, five points clear at the top of the league. Um, but as of now, two points clear at the top of the league, which is still a happy, happy and healthy place to be, Winnie. Give me kind of like your real quick overall thoughts on the game in general and uh, how you think we're, we're coping with this pressure. Yeah, it's it's exactly it was exactly what I expected. Um, Palace had no real interest um, in trying to attack us as such. Uh, they were happy to just sit there and let us try and break them down because Tottenham of old, um, you know, everyone knows we, we struggle to break teams down that just sit on the edge of their box. Um, but yeah, so it was exactly what I expected. We got a, a, quite a lucky break into the, into, in, you know, to open the scoring, but it was deserved. And then obviously topped it off with a brilliant move. So um, it was a game that I expected, well, as you know, by my prediction before the game, it was that I expected us to maybe slip up, but we didn't. And, you know, like you say, we're five points clear. So it's all good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Barney has said... Um... Spurs are the real deal. Palace was a big potential banana skin and he passed that test. Yeah. Um, yeah. Johnny has said, I think Spurs is a contender right now, fourth favourite for the title. Why not? I think Johnny. And then uh, Dave's daughter, Rihanna, has just said, hey guys, so welcome to you. Also, um, Callum, give me your thoughts on the lineup because 
you know, Udogi had what they call fatigue, right? So a bit tired in layman's terms. And uh, Basuma was obviously out. No, was back, sorry. So he replaced Hoiberg, uh, who came in for the Fulham game. I'm getting so confused all these games. And then uh, Ben Davies came in for Udogi, but then was pulled at half time. What were your thoughts before the game of those two players? Well, obviously, Basuma coming back in, but uh, Ben Davis at left back. Um, I think when you base it on how Basuma's early season form has been, you would probably 9 out of 10%, 9 out of 10 times expect him to come straight back in after suspension. But Hoiberg actually had a good game on Monday, so I probably would have left it... <laughs> As it was, because as we'll probably discuss later, oh, yes. he wasn't that great on the night. But I think the biggest one was definitely Ben Davis coming in through Doggy. Um, I think that it it wouldn't have been what I've, I'd have chosen. I'd have either play, played maybe Emerson Royale that side, mm-hmm. or maybe Porro, because obviously, as we know, the inverted fullbacks always change over anyway. Because you could see that Davis is. So off form, he didn't look fit, and he just he offered nothing on the night. So I think, yeah, I I think it's what we kind of expected, but based on how it went, not what we hoped for. If you get what I mean? Yeah, definitely, mate. And like, it, it is difficult to like have a player who hasn't played really all season in that position, whose main job at Spurs has been as a left back. So he's played yeah. times the left wing back, and now he's being asked to play in a kind of one-off game as an inverted fullback. You know, I feel like you are asking a lot for him, and he really didn't offer anything. As you say, why not just bring in Emerson Royale, who's already played in that position for the end of the Fulham game when he came on through doggy. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really understand it, but you know, he was pulled at half time, and you know, fair play to Big Ange for uh, for doing that, but. Harry, early on in the game, uh, again, yeah. Spurs started slow um, and did say it would be difficult to play at Selhurst Park. He said, I assume he's got a smaller pitch, you know, stands closer, whatever kind of bullshit excuses they always give. But um, there was a real key moment from Van der Ven where Will Hughes, who probably is the slowest man alive, um, broke through <laughs> and then uh, Van der Ven turned on the afterburners and came and caught him up. But... Uh, just shows what a real player he is and how unbelievably fast he is. Doesn't it just, um, yeah, I mean, what an excellent sign and an excellent partnership he's formed, um, you know, with Romero. And when you know when you get the likes of Arsene Wenger come out and talk about how good of a sign it is, you just know how good it is for, for someone who was at Arsenal for a large period of time to come out and say that. Uh, he's been excellent. I, th- I think Liverpool would have, in particular, really, Really miss not going for him because you think of a partnership with Van der Ven, um, Van der Ven, <laughs> Van der Ven, yeah, Van der Ven and Van Dyke. Here you go, I can save myself there. Um, you know, when Van der Ven, Van Dyke goes, <laughs> being Canate, whoever it is, they could have done with Van der Ven. Too many, too many um, players sound like Van der Ven, but no, he's been excellent. Great start to his first career. I'm hoping this can continue. Um, I wouldn't say I'm worried about me in the first game against Brentford, but I had some doubts. Um, you know, how he could cope defensively, how he could even deal with it. He's high up against uh, defenders with that turn of pace, but he's got the pace, he's got the aggression, he can deal with any kind of player. Um, there's, there's not one player, you know, if you see, you said to me, who are you worried about going up against? There isn't really anyone, because I know that our centre-back partnership and our, 
our defensive units, if you like, will we'll sort it out. So, yeah, excellent partnership. And he was excellent once again. He's turned a pace. It's good to see other fans and Tottenham fans finally recognising how important Van der Ven is. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think I agree with you in that sense. Like, you know, against Brentford, he was, you know, bear yeah. in mind, right? Let's just talk, let's just be simple about it. He came in after like being at the club for three days and was expected to come in and do, you know, a, yeah, all miracles, tough. right? But he did look a little bit like kind of dodgy on the ball, I felt like, and a little bit kind of stumbly at times. But the way he grew into that, um, in that Palace game is, is absolutely, you know, yeah outstanding i think some of the last ditch defending he did was absolutely immense and, and winnie I'll, I'll come over to you but quickly um jay has said that he's having a little bit of an issue with his youtube so if anybody's having an issue with their youtube because i can see the numbers going up and down like crazy uh just let us know in the chat it should sort itself out um soon but um anyway i want to talk to you winnie weirdly it's all it's come all the way around to your question and i want to talk about big vic um because he made two really good early saves. And, you know, I know against Fulham as well, he pulled off a really yeah. good save from a header. And he's just really showing why he's currently the best keeper in the league. And I'm not even trying to exaggerate in this. Like, statistically, he is the best keeper he's... in the league. And he's got the most clean sheets and the most save percentages as well. So even though you can turn around and say, oh, well, the defenders are the why he's keeping a clean sheet, he's also got the highest... Uh, um, higher stats, so um, it's just uh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, he's like it. Uh, it's it, it's difficult because obviously at the time he was uh, he was dubbed as the cheaper option. Um, but look, sometimes you have to take these risks, um, and I suppose you know what I suppose for 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 where he came from um, and how unknown he was and the money we paid, uh, it was a risk. But sometimes risks pay off and you know what an absolute gem we've got in in Vicario and it's the same with Van der Ven I mean I know the fee was was significantly larger than it was for Vicario but it was still you know it was still quite small and a bit of a gamble really if you were looking at Tapsoba money we were looking at about 50 plus million so we just seem to have dropped on very well with our recruitment recently um, yeah. You know, your doji coming in, we knew, I mean, I say we knew, I had an idea he was going to come in and, and, and be a very important player. I didn't think he would adjust so well. Um, but yeah, so Vicario, he just seems so confident. Um, everything you need in a keeper, he's, you know, he's, he's, his ability with his feet is very, very good. And yeah. you, you kind of match that with also an excellent shot stopping ability and aerial ability is not bad either. So he seems to have... You know, I don't want to just big him up too much, but he seems to at the moment have like the full package for what you want in a goalkeeper, especially a Premier League goalkeeper. So, look, long may it continue. And look, what what we need we need to keep our feet on the ground because there's going to be a point where Vicario gets the ball at his feet and he plays a dodgy pass that goes straight to their forward. Yeah. They run through and score. It's going to happen. We see it happen in the Premier League most weeks, if not every other week it happens to someone. Yeah. So what we need is we need to just not get on his back when that happens. Um, and we need the, you know, hopefully if it's at home, we can get the South stand screaming behind him. Uh, and if it's away, obviously our away support is fantastic anyway. So no doubt they'll get behind him as well. But as of yet, there hasn't been anything and hopefully there isn't any time soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for that, Winnie. I think people are still having issues with YouTube. So uh, keep it's, trying to yeah, uh, refresh the browser. Um, there seems to be an issue with YouTube. So, uh, 
you know, we'll try and uh, keep going as best we can um, and keep uh, putting your comments in to, to help us out. But um, Callum, I want to come to you next and talk about kind of the first half as, as, in general, because we've talked about it a few times on this show, you know, how Spurs start a little bit slow. And then there's been games where we started a little bit faster. And then again, at Crystal Palace, I don't think the low block really helped. And it kind of means that it has to be slower passes across the back and then make quicker passes in the transitions. There was a lot more kind of balls that were trying to be played directly through the middle again. Are we going at halftime nil-nil and you start thinking, is it going to be one of those nights again? Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, I think when I was watching it, I... It's, apart from maybe the Sheffield United game, it's the only game that has actually bored me this season to sit there watching. And I I think I switched it off to go and do myself some dinner at some point in the first <laughs> half just because I, I was seeing long balls. I was seeing just anything and everything. We were trying to beat Palace. And Palace had nothing about them, but they knew just sit there and just just suffocate us because, yeah, we were trying through the middle, wasn't happening. Basuma looked clueless. Saar was trying stuff but was being just marked out of the game. There was nothing from our forwards. Richarlison has once again had a really poor game for me as well and he never did anything to sort of inspire confidence as such. And the whole of the left-hand side was the worst it has been for us this season with Davis and Richardson. So there was nothing to sort of inspire me to think that we would have gotten anything at that point, I would say, for 45 minutes. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with you, Callum. And I'm actually going to... Funny you said that because I'm actually coming to Harry next to talk about Richardson because I think he's probably got the worst touch of any Brazilian player that's ever played <laughs> on planet Earth. I genuinely... I'm astounded at how bad his first touch is. Like, you know, and I and I want it to work out for Richardson, I really do. But I genuinely, uh, I after the Palace that. game, I don't see him getting back into the team. I think Brennan Johnson starts against Chelsea, and I think he will continue to play ahead of Richardson. But, you know, any time will tell. Genuinely, what are your honest thoughts, Harry? I want to know. My, my, listen, I'd love to sit here and go, Richardson's fantastic. He should be uh, in the team. He should be in goals, because he isn't. But I think the... The effort is there and the, the what he's bringing to the team, for me anyway, is really clear. I thought uh, against Palace, he, he, he looked for me. They wasn't fantastic. The first touch isn't there. His passing was neat. He's getting in good positions. And I continue to say, I think this season he has been, obviously you've got some players that really stood out for us. But in terms of all-round contribution, for me, he's up there. Uh, and what he offers to the team. Because it's someone who has to do the unrecognised, dirty work. And for me, that is Richarlison. Um, a lovely face, Callum, by the way. It's uh, telling uh, telling lots of stories, it's fair to say. Um, but no, Richarlison, for me, the only reason I think we're talking about Johnson starting against Chelsea is that he came up, came off the bench and looked really good. Fair play to him. He looks good. But Richarlison's in the you know, team for a reason. You know, he's Brazil's number nine for a reason. And that is not just with the goals. I think it will come over time. But I think he's contributing to the team, getting in good positions and looking lively. I thought he caused uh, Joe Ward all kinds of problems all night. Well, I think one of the reasons that led to the own goal, I think that the Ward couldn't cope with the pressure. But in terms of the where I will agree with Callum's 
shocking and dire statement. The bit I do agree with it, it is proper dire, but the bit I do agree with it is that um, down the left side, we, we looked pretty poor compared to down the right. Um, I think that was mainly because of Davis. I, I don't I knew, you know what? I knew you'd put all the... As soon as you started that sentence, I in my head, I was like, he's going to put all the blame on Ben Davis here. Ben Davies, for me, he was caught too far forward. Then he jumps to the ball, doesn't win it. So did you notice how we were strong down the left? Uh, and that's where the goals came from in the second half. That's all I'm going to say. But no, for me, another good you know, contribution for Richardson. I think the goals have come over time. I think we need that kind of player. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Perhaps you're all watching a different game. But for what I'm seeing, Richardson's <laughs> put the effort in and looking good. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's the contribution of fuck all all season, isn't it? <laughs> well, Callum, put it this way. He's already passed his goals and assists. I know it was low, of course. The bar's set low. But passing goals and assists contribution. Wait, I've finished goals and assists contribution from last season. We're not even 25% you know, the way through the season. 10 games in. I still think that we're talking about someone with confidence. Yeah, he may not bring the goals, but nobody mentions Kulisevsky, who puts in an excellent shift in for the team. But at times looks really poor in front of goal, and like who says he's not scoring? He's putting in for me as important shift as Richardson is. You got to have these important players. You watch Ange under Celtic, you know, or you watch any team. Uh, for example, Fulham we went up against the other day. Harrison Reed does the dirty work for them. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think it was Hoyberg for us Monday night. But hey ho. But no, I think there Richardson is a player, Harry. I agree. There usually is a player that does that kind of work, but it's not your winger. Your winger isn't that type of player. I'm afraid. Um, no, but but, so, so I think he's contributing to the team a lot. Brennan Johnson looked good, but still, you know, I wouldn't take Richardson out of this team because this team is winning for a reason. Yeah. No, that's fair yeah, enough. After, after we sub him off, that's why. <laughs> anyway, Winnie, let's, let's talk about that goal. Something off, off a 2-0. Something off a 2-0. I ended 2-1, Callum, so <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> um... I think he was subbed off before the second goal, actually, because Brennan Johnson was the one. That oh, off. that's not fair. Uh, he made the header. But anyway, ignore me. What do I know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Spurs go 1-0 up. A little bit fortunate, but, you know, we take these things, don't we? Uh, Madison, you know, gets the ball, just smashes it across the uh, six-yard box, puts it where it needs to go. And as uh, Harry said, Joel Ward just kind of, pushes the ball with his feet into his own net. Um, at that point, are you kind of thinking, okay, this is what we needed now because Palace have to come forward and that's just going to create more space for us? Yeah, it was a weird one. I mean, you know, it was slightly fortuitous, as we said before, but you've got to put the ball in that area. Um, and, and you know, we, we, Madison is the type of player that would just do that because Madison's a very, very clever player and he's, he knows if he puts it in that box, it could come off anyone. Um, and end up in the back of the net. And that's what happened. So, look, we kept plugging away and plugging away. And I remember Ange, um, his his um, interview after the game, he said, you know, it was, a diff- it, was, it was a different test for the boys today. We yeah. had to remain patient when things wasn't going our way um, and just keep plugging away. And that's exactly what we did. And in the end, we got our rewards from it. So, look, it's like you say, it was, it's a weird one because... You said obviously now they would have to come out and uh, and kind of attack and get us and you know try and catch us on the break or whatever and then create some spaces. But that's the the, the exact opposite of what they did, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but in, you know, in terms of the first goal, Madison put it exactly where he needed to. And I mean, even if even if I'm if I'm Joel Ward there, I'm probably not going to get a touch on it for that reason because it was coming in at so much speed. 
even if there was an attacker in the box, they would have done well to get a, a touch on it to, to divert it into the goal. But he made that decision and, and absolutely fluffed it into his own goal. And and that for us was huge because who knows what would have happened after that if we didn't uh, if we didn't find that breakthrough. Yeah, 100%. Mate. It probably would have ended nil-nil, to be honest, or we may have even lost the game. Um, I genuinely believe that. But uh, Callum, um, it's a bit of a shame, actually, because I wanted Winnie to answer this because he was the one in the chat that said how incredible the goal was before I even got to see it. Um, but the second goal for Spurs was, I've just written down, champagne football from back to front. Um, it was just incredible. Before we actually, before we talk about that, I want to add this to you as well, Callum. How funny is it between Vicario and Christian Romero, where they spent, <laughs> I reckon, about five minutes just passing the ball back to each other? I genuinely, well, on my IPTV, um, sorry to Sky Sports, but on my IPTV, I was going backwards and forwards on the channels to make sure it wasn't just skipping and repeating itself. Because no, exactly the same thing. Um, but anyway, after that kind of little dilly-dally, the ball just gets knocked around between uh, the full-backs and Porro, uh, sorry, Porro and the midfielders, and then it gets whipped across the other side of the pitch. Brennan Johnson gets a little head on the ball. Madison into Son. Um, and, and then, you know, Madison scores. But it's just... Just, just fabulous team football, wasn't it? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, going on the first bit, what you're saying about Vicario and Romero, when you think the Palace last year of having Eze, Olise and Zaha, mm. people wouldn't dare to do that in front of them because you would, and even with how good our, our defence has been this year, I think we would have definitely struggled if them three were playing against us because there's no doubt they are class players in their own right. So to actually have the audacity to take the piss out of Palace and do that, I thought was quite, not disrespectful, I thought it was quite confident, but quite a bit of a middle finger up to Palace as if to say, you ain't done nothing, so we're just going to have a bit of fun, play an academy game, a bit of passing around on the training pitch, all that. But the actual lead up and the build up to the goal showed Angie's style at its best. If everyone's on the same wavelength, that's what you can achieve. And it just fell perfectly. All of the play, all of the passing, everything fell into place as you would want it. And it was amazing. But how Palace allowed us to play like that when they had so much so many defensive players is ridiculous. We just walked it past them at points. And then Son just getting that peak, peach perfect pass to him from Madders was that, well, Madders into Johnson and then Johnson's get Son was brilliant. And yeah. such, such a good finish that we're all proud to see as well, mate. Can't, yeah. You can't fault it. It was a good... Um... Good header as well from, from Johnson. Funnily enough, that was the best part of the entire move and it was probably the least champagne part of it. But what made me laugh a bit earlier than that, which I um, forgot about until just then, was that Brennan Johnson was at the back post with an open goal to head the ball in and for some reason oh, he decided to head the ball back to the guard mm. box. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't just head it in, but um, anyway, yeah. at least we know he can head the ball, which is always... Richardson uh, would have scored that. Yeah, probably wouldn't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, I did listen to the after um, interview with um, Sky Sports and Big Ange, and he basically oh, just said, "Well, like if they aren't going to press us, then we might as well just hold on to the ball." 
Like, and that's all they did was they just took the piss and just passed it backwards and forwards and said, right, come and get the ball. And they said, no, thanks. And we went, all right, then no problem because we're already winning. So we <laughs> the ball. Um, but it did get a little bit, I wrote again, just squeaky bomb time uh, was what I wrote down for the the last kind of, I want to say 10, 15 minutes. There was yeah. a lot of added on time in this game. Um Look, we can debate whether are you, um, you know, handle the ball before. It's not debatable. Absolute hell of a finish from uh, from yeah. to for the goal. Um, game ended two one, so it doesn't really matter anymore. But you know, we can debate whether or whether it wasn't a handball. But you, I just couldn't believe when they had a free kick in like the last minute of the game, and we had the highest line that I've ever seen of a Spurs team in probably <laughs> the last fifteen years or even more ever, and. Uh, they decided to be uh, offside from it. Plus, they started like Anderson, Wacky Anderson, just started fucking bulldozering everyone and trying to get himself sent off. And it was all just a bit scrappy towards the end, Harry. But um, yeah, how did you feel after that? Are you goal? Very, very frustrated because Vicario for me deserved that clean sheet. But not only that, you know that come the end of the season, whether you want to get carried away or not, it's completely up to you in terms of our aims this season. But let's just go be realistic and say the top four battle because we've got a load of excellent teams you know, who will be in this top four battle with us. Goal difference could have a massive part. Liverpool beat Forest 3-0 today, so that's massively improved their goal difference. City beating United 3-0. Villa again 3-1. Liverpool's goal difference was, excuse me, already strong. So uh, Arsenal won 5-0, for example, as well yesterday. So for the goal difference, is frustrating. Uh, it was a really tense ending. No need for it either because we had control for the majority of that game. <clears throat> so, but, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the IU strike because it's an excellent strike, but it's one that you look at the rules of the game, the rule, you know, it shouldn't be allowed. It, it rolls down his arm, therefore changes the direction of the ball, takes it away uh, from Poro, and that's what results in the goal. Yes, it hits his chest first, but when it rolls down your arm and has this much of an impact, it doesn't. Yeah, it shouldn't even be considered, but it luckily didn't have a big enough impact. But we, you know, it's, it's still a very mistake. It's inconsistency again that we're still seeing. But yeah, Luke, not the ending we wanted. Um, but that shows, I think there's, there's still that little bit of sadly, a little bit of mentality that we had last season in terms of Poros, which is off at the back post. And we make it really nervy towards the end and putting the ball out unnecessarily. So yeah, not not happy with the ending at all. I mean, Ange can speak for himself. I'm sure he's not happy. Uh, I've only listened to a little bit of the interview. So yeah, once again, in terms of the whole game, a slow start and a slow end. So this is worrying. When we've got Chelsea coming up next week, City coming up as well in the next five six weeks. So being honest with you, out of nowhere, I'm I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, Harry. Just another quick one for you, mate. How do you feel the season's going so far after the worst preseason of all time? It, it, I stand by my statement because it was a shocking preseason that we've turned around. We lost to our rivals, West Ham. We had a game cancelled and we looked, I don't want to say dire, but not great. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I stand by the statement. I think it was the worst preseason that any club had that summer but it's been an excellent start to the season Luke and, and and long may it continue great football which I'm enjoying fantastic results um yeah it just feels a bit like a dream at the moment no perfect mate and uh sometimes I get these visions of things that you've said and I just have to just you know go yeah, with them. So, uh... I, do, I do talk a lot of crap so it's probably quite a few you can come up with <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying that I haven't wrote, written most of them down but uh anyway you need a big big page for that so don't worry about that <laughs> 
Um, we're going to go through some of the um, listeners and Twitter followers' questions now. Yeah. So we're actually going to start um, with um, Thomas's question, kind of sort of around you, Harry. Um, for those that don't don't know, Harry is um, organising a charity football match um, coming up at some point. So he's a question for the panel and a bit unrelated, but is anyone else up for Harry's charity match? Well, Thomas, many of us have asked. No one's been informed. I think my invite's lost. Next week, I'm announcing who's made the squad or not. Put it this way, my squad is already two times bigger uh, than, than, than Connor's at the moment. But I've I've come to the limit some people made it some people didn't uh i've got a huge squad of worked out that i'm gonna make have to make 13 to 14 substitutions so see how see how that's handled bigger squad that a bit of a chelsea and Nottingham forest here um but no i'm looking forward to it some of you may have made it who knows i guess you find out next week but yeah you, you have been ignored don't worry it's a big squad i've taken on more players to be Sorry. fair, I could probably only do about 10 minutes max. So, uh, <laughs> that's right then. You know, before I start blowing. Um, anyway, so no, it should be good. And, uh, yeah. you know, if Harry doesn't ever come back, you know why? As I've not been invited. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. that yeah, there you go. Brutal. Anyway, so, um, this is a message from at Dan underscore talkie underscore man, um, who has said, if we are there or thereabouts, Callum, I'll come. Actually, Winnie, I'll come to you this one. If we're there or thereabouts at the top of the league come January transfer window, A, will the club spend to bolster the squad to have a crack at the title? Or is it business as usual with transfer policy irrelevant of where we are in the league? Second one. Yeah, I don't see I don't see the club making any any signings really. I mean, oh, I don't know. I think we may try to bolster the squad with um I mean, I suppose it's it's injury dependent as well. If we have some sort of serious injuries in in some area, we we will have no choice but to to recruit. But if the squad is injury free and we are there or thereabouts at the top, I can maybe see us maybe putting a little cheeky bid in for a Tony, um, someone like that. But I don't really see us trying to bolster the squad too much because um, I feel like anyone that we may want to bring in and can trust the youth a little bit more. You know, in previous years, other managers haven't delved into the youth too much. But yeah. I just think now, I think I think Tony's probably one or a striker. Let's say we may we may dip in the market for. Other than that, I don't see us going in injury dependent. But yeah, no, well, I, don't, I don't think we need to. Which either, position then? A little caveat to that. Which position do you think we need to recruit most more most importantly? Now, I personally think left back. I was going to say left back, yeah, because we've oh. got. We've got Ben Davis, who's not good enough now. Uh, we've got Ryan Sessegnon, who's made of chocolate. Um, we've got um, who else? We got Regan is at Man United. Regan is at Man United. Yeah, so he he's okay. I mean, it's weird one. Regan is someone who I actually really liked when he was at Spurs. Yeah, um, and it was only when he got into the final third that I was really frustrated with him because. Um, you know, there were so many times when all he had to do was put a ball across the box or have a shot on target and he's absolutely skied it. So for this system, I don't know if Reggion is someone that can come inside and start playing football. And I mean, what I will say, this is completely sidetracked from what I was just talking about, but Pedro Porro in this inverted fullback role is absolutely insane. This geezer on the ball is incredible. He looks so, so composed and accustomed with the ball. 
Um, so he's perfect for this system. But what I'm trying to say is, yeah, we do need a left back. Uh, we can't rely on Yudoji for the whole season. Clearly, he's fatigued already because he missed out on Friday. So maybe some sort of issues in there. So maybe left back. That's a good shout. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Johnny said, if you beat Chelsea, you're in a title race. All my money times two is on Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Thomas has said he thinks that a striker. Uh, can I quickly, very quickly jump in, Luke, and just want to say for me, it's got to be centre-back, a very strong third centre-back, someone like Tosin Adebayo, who's currently not getting game time for Fulham. Marco Silva has that history of, Barney can relate, <clears throat> Mitrovic, etc. Someone who doesn't want to be there, they do not play. You know, there, there is, I haven't seen a reason why Adebayo is not there. But it could be down to injury. But I mainly think that Marcus Silva's isolated him. But listen, if, if we're in this position or similar to this position in January, then there has to be recruitment. I think we've signed some excellent players this summer. And the, our starting eleven is, is is amazing. And, you know, I would say back Ange and, and got him exactly what he wants. Incredible, top-class recruitment in, in Van der Ven, in... in um, the likes of Vicario was, you know, Madison filling all the holes to all of our problems over the years, everything Ange could have wanted. However, what worries me is the squad depth. Uh, and I know at the start of the project, it would have been a, a lot to ask us to, to focus on squad depth this summer. But if we're in this position in January, considering not in, not in Europe, it probably is our best chance. I'm going to say what to do, but to have a good season, it's fair to say. Um, but at the same time, January, January transfer window is really tough. And that's not an excuse. It just is. Only players who aren't wanted by clubs usually go in January unless you pay a crazy amount, a crazy fee. So, Luke, it depends where we are in January. It depends injuries. But do you know what I mean? If we get Van der Ven injured or Madison injured, I fear for our season. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, Thomas has come in and said, how do you say Udogi? Well, I used to think it was a doji. Uh, I say doki. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Harry says something else. But according to what they say in the commentary, it's Udogi. So, who oh, knows? That's probably wrong. Just, just a quick one as well, Luke. Yeah. What we've all missed out on is that we can't actually sign anyone. Our squad is full. So unless you get rid of Perisic, Dyer, Larice, Hoiberg, that's a good point. A one, yeah. It's a one in one out scenario. Yeah. So yeah. He, so the only option you've got is like Winnie said, you got to bring through youth at the moment. So unless you're going to play youth players, or if you can guarantee that you're going to give Larice. Uh, Dyer and Perisic who are all out of contract next summer, either a cheap transfer or a free transfer we can't do anything I mean no, maybe, I maybe Saudi will come in and put in a ridiculous offer for Hoiberg or Richarlison, something like maybe that Maybe won't do business with Saudi Arabia though so it's not going to happen. That, so that's the thing cut that off. It's all well and good all, all of us as a fan base saying we'd love Ivan Tony. we'd love yeah. Anyone to come in, um, like Garcia and people like that, but unless we get these players out of our squad, obviously, we made the decision to register Dyer and Larice. So, you've got to make a choice do you come January 31st and say to them, Yes, well, we're going to keep you on the wage roll, we're going to pay 350 grand a week out, but you're going to sit just in the training ground, you can come in each day, but we're not going to register you. So and Levy as a businessman isn't going to do that. He is, no. but all the crap that he gets is a very good businessman. He's crap with football, but he's good at business. Yeah. And it's bad business when you're paying 350k a week out for just say six months, 
And if you do that on a straight line projection of 350k times by just say 16 weeks, that's five and a half million pounds that he's going to cough but then, up. But then you don't get any benefit from them like not playing though, because they're not going to be in the squad. Yeah. Or, you know, they're not going to play. So then you're paying that anyway. So that's much better to, to pay them off and, and to get them off, like get them off. You don't want to say get them off the wage bill, but then you can bring players in because they're, they're going to sit there. And we all know that unless we're going to have a substantial, um, you know, injury problems in that position, centre back or goalkeeper uh, or defensively filled with Dyer, for example, the recent Dyer aren't going to get any minutes. So therefore might as well pay the money as it is and allow to bring players in. Because I don't know about you, but if Van der Ven, and Madison get a, a long injury, like De Bruyne has got for City, where he's been out for several weeks and months. It, it does worry me because I think this team is gelled together. Um, I think Pastor Coglu obviously is the main reason, but it's also gelled together by players like Van der Ven, players like Madison. You take them out of the team, and we've probably got a, an average average team that plays overperforming, and, we, and we've got a top class manager getting the best out of them. So it does worry me when it comes to injury problems. So we've had a great summer. But for me, the next two, three windows, we've got to think about squad depth because we have not been funny. We should have Euro, a European comp- competition of some time uh, of some kind, hopefully Champions League next year. So we need to prepare for this. This is something that Newcastle are currently struggling with through injuries. Squad yeah. depth. And also you've got to be aware that from next summer, Odoji and Saar will both be yeah. passes over 21 now. So as soon as you do that, you then get European slots taken up or international and non-homegrown players. So we Mm. will have the homegrown issue, which we'll have if we do get any European competition next year. And then even in the Premier League, we'll have too many foreign players compared to English or home nations players in there so you've also got to take that into account and any good club will be thinking about that so if you do rip up the contracts of Lloris and Dyer they'll be gone anyway in the summer they'll be gone but then you'll then be the two places that they'll release Sara and Adosa go straight in there so then your only option is Perisic coming out of there accordingly because then you'll have Regulon coming back and all the other dross that we hope for that will hopefully be sold in the summer, i.e. end on ballet, regular on people like that to get off the books. If not, you then got another problem. And this is where Spurs have been so weak in the past. Yeah. Ripping up contracts, just about, getting people off the wage books, all of what that. What about stuff. Ben Davis? I thought he wasn't classed as, as homegrown because he's from Wales. So he's classed as no, he's Ben Davis is classed as homegrown in the Premier League. Yeah, but not in the Champions League. Not in any European competitions at all. So then you've got another problem. And remember, the club just signed him up to a new contract, which goes till like 2025 or something like that, about six months ago. So I think it's 2026. Yeah, so you've got problem after problem after problem in a business sense and a footballing sense. And you would hope with our new director of football in Lange coming in that he may be doing this. But Villa had this same problem a couple of years ago. Yeah, they did. They didn't clear out any of their old players, which they wanted to. Their chairman wanted money. If their chairman wants money, our chairman's definitely going to want money. So (laughs) you've got a whole business model, which is great at the moment for a season without any cup or European competitions. January, 
yeah, if you can get a couple of players out, you terminate contracts, you can bring in a couple more foreign players, fine for the Premier League. But then you've then got to consider the next six months, 12 months, 18 months. And like H said, the next yeah. two to three windows are going to be crucial. But then you've got squad quotas to deal with as well. And a lot of the Premier League teams, even City, struggle for the squad quotas. You see in the prep, in the Champions League, they usually go in with a 22 or 23 man squad. It's just their squad is so unreal that they can deal with anything like that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a business model which actually has to be factored in accordingly across the park. And I don't think a lot of people are going to look at that when it comes to this transfer window, which no. we have to be aware of. I agree, mate. Well, hopefully, Dan, on Twitter, that answers your question for about <laughs> 20 minutes long. But uh, no, I appreciate that, Callum. That's some really good information. And you are right, Definitely. a lot of people won't have factored into that. And when the meltdown comes, which I expect it to come in January, um, there's your answer. Um, but we'll come back to you, Callum, actually. Hopefully, it's a slightly shorter answer. And I know you've kind of talked about it, but I wanted to just answer it as it comes. This is from at DNWBRK on uh, Twitter. So. Big up to you. Um, he said, who would you rather have at Spurs? Ivan, Tony, or Tone, as you call him, or Ollie Watkins? <laughs> Easy. I'd actually prefer Watkins. I think yeah. just based yeah. on the style with Ange, he, he yeah. suits the idea. Ange doesn't want a full number nine. He wants someone who can play four positions. So it's, it's Ollie Watkins, hands down. Yeah. Okay. I'm obviously... Factored out of that, but uh, must be. Why do you think Tony? Yeah, I'm going Tony all day long. Really? For what reason? I think as an out and out striker, I think he's got yeah. the pace to play um, the same position that Son plays. Yeah, right? um, Tony was good system. I think that he's good enough in the air for crosses. I think he's strong enough to hold the ball up to play in balls to Madison and others like that. That's I the only thing. He's... Oh, sorry, yeah, coach. That's right. I was going to say, is, is Watkins good enough in the air? Because, I mean, I don't know any Villa fans listening, let me know. But um, when I've watched Aston Villa with Watkins, all the finishes have been from like excellent strikes with, with either of his feet. I haven't seen him score many, perhaps I'm wrong, headed goals. But I, I do think that both players would suit the system. But I think Ivan Tony's stronger with his head. So it depends if we're going to play again, the, the other players we bring in, are we going to, in some games, focus more about crosses or, or keep the ball on the floor and play pretty soft? Therefore, Watkins may be better. Yeah, I just think maybe Tony Watkins is someone who I think I would prefer Watkins if I was to choose. But I think Tony is someone who we don't have. We have a lot of Watkins in the sense, you know, we've got Son, we've got Brennan Johnson. We've got a lot of those little tricky players, whereas a Tony we actually don't have. Um, so maybe maybe oh, I would probably, I'd probably still go Watkins because I think he's, he's, he's very clearly in front of goal. And I suppose Tony is as well, but I haven't seen enough of him because of the allegations. So yeah. I feel like you're talking yourself out of um, the Crystal Palace game again, like you did after the watch along the other day, where you bigged up us beating Crystal Palace and then went for a 1-1 draw. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, H, you might be laughing, but you're not laughing now. Uh, this question is from Thomas, who is in the chat, who has said... Um, Start Richarlison or Johnson in the next game. Yeah, listen, um, what I'm a willing... person to give that to. Mate, yeah, just the way the questions fall. Mm. It's funny that. Um, I don't, I'm not having that rubbish. Um, no, but I, I think that Brennan Johnson for me had a big impact. I thought he was really good coming off the bench. Uh, when did he laugh? Come, was it Fulham? Yeah, Fulham, he came off the bench. I thought again, he looked good. 
Um, some people disagreed. I thought, again, Palace looked really good. Uh, that really, you know, he could have done when Saar played that amazing crossfield pass, the second goal, which is incredible, by the way. Uh, what player at such a young age? Um, Brennan Johnson, he could have done anything with it. He could have taken an extra touch and the, and the uh, chance could have gone. But just the, the audacity and, and, and the confidence, really, to, to head the ball on, to not mess around and keep the attack going. So for me, Brennan Johnson gets in there because of his performance. I like the spirit that he shows. However, I think... This is, whatever you think of Richardson, I think this is his type of game where you're going to need a bit of aggression, a bit of nastiness. I'm not going to say the, the word I think, cause it's not, it's not a bit rude, it's fair to say, but we, we all know the likes of what Richardson and Romero bring. And this is what you need in the London derby. Obviously not over the top. Thank that you. I'm not going to say it. There you go. It, oh, we saw in Manchester derby today over the top. You get someone like Anthony, who's deliberately tried to kick, kick for example, Doku twice, overreacted. For me, that is that is awful. Um, so you don't, you, you know, you want it within reason, but Richardson, I think, could offer a lot, but off the bench. I see Richardson as an impact player. So yeah, Johnson for me, but it's tough to admit. But he, he looked really good. So fair play to him. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, big up to everyone in the chat as well. We do know for those new joining us uh, that there are issues with YouTube tonight, whether it's the system that we use in YouTube together. If you are having issues today, go back and watch it all again on YouTube afterwards um, so that you can get the, the full experience and, yeah. uh, and everything else. But uh, we do appreciate everybody sticking with us. Keep your comments coming in as well. Uh, we do appreciate that. Um, okay, and then... Last question then, Winnie, quickly before we move on to Chelsea preview. Um, from Thomas again, actually. Lots of questions here. Uh, would you take winning the League Cup if it meant... Uh, sorry, he sorry, he changed that. He meant FA Cup because obviously out of the League Cup. Would you take winning the FA Cup if it meant Arsenal won the league? Yes. Quick answer, Callum? No. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in what oh, other teams Callum. do. I don't, care. I don't care what other teams do. Come I want on. my team to do well. And if my team can win a trophy, how, how many how many league titles have Arsenal won? A lot. You? Yeah. It's, it, it, who cares? It's not as if they've never won one before and they've won one before us. They've won many. It'd be a who different cares? story if it was Arsenal win the Champions League and we win. I don't yeah, think yeah, they've never won that. Maybe. maybe. No, I don't think so. But even still, I'd probably say no. I don't care. I just want I want my team to do well. I'm not this is our club, and we want to win trophies. Forget everyone. I've I've, I've sat here and gone that I really don't want Arsenal to win the league, etc. But at the same time, my club becomes before rivals, and that should be for any fans. So you know, it won't be nice for them winning the league. A good, it's a good question, but I'm going to have to say I'm taking the FA Cup. One hundred percent, without a doubt. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right before we jump into the um, Chelsea chat what i want to do very quickly is uh switch up a little bit and talk about the fpl league so <laughs> i know i'm gonna hope to god that they've updated it by now so uh bear with me i load it up on my phone my guess is that they have, not, they have not updated it yet so oh. um i'll tell you the gonna be from, uh, from last night apart from spoiler alert i've had an absolute blinder but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you where everybody is. So currently, Jack Johnson uh, with his banana pancakes is sitting um, number one in the league. Sorry, that was a terrible joke that no one will understand. But, <laughs> um, anyway, he's sitting first in the league, 614 points. Dave is third in the league, 584 points. Winnie is fifth, 571 points. 
Um, I am ninth with 537 Ooh. points. And then Harry is 11th with 497 points. And Callum wow. is 16th with 451 points. How close yeah. is how close is he from jumping up a spot, Callum, by the way? Uh, nine Very points. Close. Nine yeah. points. That's doable, man. And, ha- and today hasn't been updated. So depending on Martin Brennan is the one who's uh, above you. I'll give credit where credit's due to Callum. For someone who's... I don't know. Don't ask me how, but can't remember their own password because they didn't save it. And joined a week later. He's actually, you know, caught up well. He'd probably finished above me, Callum. Every single league I'm in, I'm seem to be either in the bottom, bottom or the bottom two. So I hate FBL. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. But we will, you know, as soon as we can get the updated league. I don't know how it's taken so long for them to update it, but uh, probably next week by now. But um, anyway, I had an absolute blinder. But never mind. Can't even brag about that live on air. But let's go to the score predictions table, something I can brag about. So um, these are the scores for the Crystal Palace game. For those who missed out, I went for a 1-0 Spurs win. We went for a 1-1 draw. Dave went for a 3-0 Spurs win. Callum, 2-0 Spurs win. And Harry, a 4-1 Spurs win. Nobody got a correct score this week. So we all scored one point, apart from Winnie, who scored zero points. Ah, don't, don't uh, need the I'm points. Still, I am still top with 14 points. Winnie with 11, and then Dave, Harry, and Callum all on eight points. So it's all to play for in the Predictor League. And, uh, you know, if you are keeping your own scores alongside us, let us know, but don't cheat. Um, and we'll, uh, I know Johnny plays his own game. Um, so uh, let's see how he's getting on. But let's move on and talk about this or next Monday's game against Chelsea. Bring it on. Winnie, question that Harry asked me to ask everyone before we came on air, and it's a very, very simple one. Mauricio Pochettino, are you booing him or are you cheering him? I am absolutely booing the fuck out of him. I don't care. I really don't care. Um, Look... He, he only, like, I'll tell you why. He's someone who claimed that he absolutely adored Tottenham Hotspur. You know, we were the only club for him. Um, and, you know, he went to PSG when it, when we sacked him. That's absolutely fine. And then he had the choice um, to go to Chelsea and he took it. So that's not, that for me, that's not someone who, who adores Tottenham Hotspur. So look, I will thank him for the years he, he, he gave us, but, as soon as I'm on Monday, I'm going to be sat in my armchair booing the fuck out of him. And my wife's probably going to wonder what's going on, but who cares? So, yeah, I'm going to boo him, mate. I'm booing him. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know what? It is a, It is an interesting one, definitely, because, you know, what I, what I find hard is that those fans that were sat there singing his name before we appointed and Foster Coglu mm-hmm. are the same people that are going to boo this man. They were the same people that on Twitter started, you know, saying no to Postacoglu before he joined. And they're now yeah. the same people singing his name week in, week out. The issue that I have with this is you've either got to be one or the other, but I really do agree with you, Winnie. Oh, oh, that, that's okay to keep flipping, but you've got to sit here and admit when you're wrong because nobody, very few people who use the no to Postacoglu hashtag are, are admitted they got it wrong. They've just gone quiet. So that's the, my problem. Yeah, so, you know, it breaks my heart, but I completely agree with you. I think once you step that line and, yeah. you know, you, yeah. it, it's even certain things in interviews, you know, whereby he said, you know, Chelsea are the biggest club in Premier League history. 
you know, things like that that really value. There are ways that you can change your words and there are ways to do it. I don't know if anybody saw this week um, the new episode of A League of Their Own. And we posted yeah. it actually on our WhatsApp um, channel. Well, Carol Bell was yeah. on there and he was asked um, that Arsenal were interested in him um, and would he have ever gone to Arsenal? He didn't even have to think. It was no. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I did see. Happened. I saw the clip of it, yeah. And um, that's, you know, the kind of things that, you need and yes, I understand managers, you know, fickle business. I understand that he was dumped by Daniel Levy, you know, after he wasn't given any money, wasn't you know invested in, and so on and so forth. But the moment that you cross that line and you start to you know manage one of our rivals and our biggest yeah. rivals, um, you know, it becomes it becomes a, a big thing. Um, sorry yeah. to butt in. We're presuming he's still going to be um, he's still going to be in, in his post come next next Monday because he's having an absolute fucking stinker at the minute, um, and we know how cutthroat Chelsea is. They could very well sack him before then. They won't do. I, it. I would love to batter them and then Tuesday morning wake up and find that he has been sacked. Jesus Perez has already his assistant's already bottled it. Let's face it, he, he's, he's got he's been suspended because of all of that. He, he, he couldn't deal with coming to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He didn't have the balls. Let's face it, he's ne- he yeah. never got suspended before, as far as I know. So you know, it's uh, very unlike him. Yeah, and also I think sorry to finish off my little rant was that he once came out with a a quote and he said, mm-hmm. "I will never manage Arsenal and I will never manage um, Barcelona." Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the same thing applies to Chelsea. Yeah, you know, when it comes to the Arsenal and the uh, Barcelona things, you know, because of his previous as Espanyol and obviously Spurs. So to suddenly do a big U-turn on that for a big bit of this um, really does uh, grind my gears. But anyway, let's not forget. Off. Sorry, let's not forget the Battle of the Bridge as well. Because yeah. that was oh, such a pivotal moment. He went for it all, and then he's gone back. He, he, you could see the passion was there. He was involved in it all. That's what I failed to understand the most. Is that fake? I, I can't, I can't, as a manager, whether I like, you know, if if you're attached to a club, I'll never go against the club. I know he said he'd never go against Arsenal, but he knows that Chelsea is a big derby. He was at the Battle of the Bridge. He was in the middle of it, giving mm-hmm. the push and shoving, being pushing and shoving. So I'm not having it. It is, it's playing right line. And I don't know if you're going to ask me anyway, Luke, but for me, it's, I, you need only need half a brain cell. To, to, to boo him, people saying as well, and there's lots of people I like saying that they want to remain neutral on it. We as fans, because I'm going myself, want to make it as toxic and as hostile as, as possible for any opposition, let alone a big, you know, London rival like Chelsea. That includes their manager. He, he'll be booed, and I think there should be chance against him because he's crossed that line. Thank you for everything you've done, but you've gone to our biggest rivals, and, and you know. Um, you know, don't want him back either. So, uh, it's for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's very simple. It's like asking something really basic. You know, do you want a little bit of food or a lot of food? You're gonna go with a lot of food. It's 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 something like that. It's very very simple. So I I fail to understand. Maybe I mean I don't know if it's jealousy. I don't know what it is. Um, but you need to have a long, good, hard look at yourself if, if you're going to be cheering Potashino on Monday. Yeah, yeah, but I will let people know you can remain neutral. That is also an option, and so uh, you know we should respect whatever decision you want. Uh, Callum, you've been sat there quietly, probably playing Football Manager as we speak. Um, <laughs> what, what's your really quickly because we, you know, we want to quickly talk about the game. What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I'm kind of like the other two guys. Thank you very much to Pochettino for all he did for us, but. He made that decision to go to one of our biggest rivals, so he's an opposition manager. 
we have to be hostile towards Chelsea as a club. Probably not directly towards him, but you know a lot of it will be levied against him. So that's literally where I'm at. Aim all your hatred towards Chelsea and treat his rivalry like we do. Simple as that, mate. Exactly. I think, you know, the level should, in my head, it goes like when he comes out of the tunnel, the boos start, but any other kind of yeah. wording or any kind of other thing like that should, you know, be left at that. But anyway, Harry's got to leave us um, while we continue to talk about Chelsea. So, H, uh, before you go, can you give us your score prediction for Chelsea as you'll be at the game? Yeah, I'm going to be bottom of the table anyway, so I might as well just go for it. Be bold, 3 2 Tottenham. Uh, I'm going as well. We're winning, and Pochettino is getting the sack Tuesday morning. Let's go for it. Full Monty. Um, I'm, I'm loving it in the moment, but, but no, I'm actually am worried about that game because Chelsea starts strong. We don't. Uh, and we just made it look harder. Than the, I know Palace away is never going to be an easy game, but without their two best players and Elise and Eze, I didn't expect it, of course, to be comfortable. We made it hard for ourselves. So I'm. Slightly more worried than I ever have been, but um, I hope I'm wrong. But no, I think we're going to win 3 2. Perfect. And uh, just let everyone know how they can find you and what's going on on your show this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if you want to follow me, you can there, Harry Scarf22. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe um, to Partlay Podcast, etc. All the rest of it. New WhatsApp uh, group, join FPL table, and probably beat me. You could join about 37 match days later than me and still win, but I'll leave that up to you. Uh, I'm on Holly's show tomorrow night. Luke, I believe you're on with me uh, at 7pm. I have my own show at 8pm as well, if anyone wants to check that out. Anyone wants to get involved in a charity match, uh, head over to my Twitter or the new charity page, Charity Match uh, for Charity, I think it's called, that I created on TikTok, Instagram and Twitter. So if anyone wants to check that out and wants to get involved, raise money for the National Autistic Society, will be next year, hopefully a yearly thing. So thank you very much, Luke. It's, it's been great. Um, and if Dave is listening, then you know, was he was Dave on the white live watch along or not? By the way, against Fulham, no, he wasn't on there. No, oh, was wasn't. I thought Hoiberg was excellent. I need to, I need to send some video over to him about Hoiberg. I need to need to annoy him weekly and oh, weekly annoyed chance to annoy Dave. Speak to you later, buddy. <laughs> See you later. Cheers, guys. I Oh, I don't do long goodbyes, people. Um, no. So, yeah, let's move on. So, Winnie, wh which areas of the, Ch of the Chelsea team do you worry about? You know, are there areas that kind of are, you're thinking could cause us issues or do you think that Spurs can, you know, keep their heads and, and win this comfortably? I mean, I don't I don't really know. I mean, I suppose if, if they're on form... Um, People like, you know, um, Raheem Sterling, Mudrick, people like that, you know, have got the potential to, to cause damage. But it depends whether they turn up on the day, because obviously this season they clearly haven't been doing that. Um, so I, if I'm if I'm completely honest, I'm not particularly worried, uh, which is a weird thing to say when we're coming up to a, a game against Chelsea. But I'm not particularly worried about any of their players. Um, and I think that's purely because how well we've started as well. But uh, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to give score predictions as well eventually, um, and you'll probably get from my score prediction how I feel about the game. But no, I'm not not particularly worried uh, about um, any player, but maybe a little bit worried about the fixture in general. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair enough, and that's a nice little uh, little way to keep everybody, you know, tease everybody about your score predictions. <laughs> I love it. Um, 
Callum, are there any areas of the Spurs squad that you worry about going up against uh, Chelsea? You know, areas that we could kind of get overrun or are you thinking that this could be an easy easy win for us? should never treat any games easy, mate. I was ambitious against Palace and look how my prediction got ripped out because of poxy VAR. But, um, yeah, I, I think left-hand side would be my area of concern for Spurs. If, if we play Udoji and Johnson, then I'm happy. If we play Emerson and Richarlison, not so much. If we play Ben Davis and Richarlison, then I will, if we are doing a watch along, we'll be taking a leaf out of Dave's book and screaming and shouting and swearing at the lot at the TV. But um, yeah, I think based on how it is, I think. Chelsea will play a more progressive game of football. So at least we'll get something where our style can go up against theirs compared to Palace with their low block as such. So we should be all right. But Palace, uh, Chelsea's midfield is where my concern kind of lies. I would say that based on who how they can do it, they can do everything right from defence into midfield. It's only they're up front who can't score in it a barn door from two yards out. So that's where I think we may get overrun a little bit, depending on whether you play Skip and Hoiberg or Basuma and Saar, whatever. That's where we may have issues for definite, I think, against theirs. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because, you know, from what I understood, you're suggesting that their midfield is probably slightly better than ours, but their strike force isn't. So should we be worried about their midfield when their strike force is poor? It's a really interesting uh, idea and, you know, and whether actually we can cope with that because of our defensive um, stability or not. So, interesting, definitely. Um, you, you'd, hope, you'd hope so. You'd hope you know. so. Winnie, is, uh, is Son the man to keep leading this line up front um, for Spurs against Chelsea? Think he gets some joy behind the centre-backs? Yeah, um, it, let's let's face it. Sonny is in incredible form um, right now, and, and he's stepped up when he needed to step up. Uh, and it looks as though it may have been Conte and his system that was holding Sonny back last year when we thought he was in this like dip of form. Um, I think the um, I think the team picks itself. If I'm honest, if I was to go through it now, it's going to be Vicario. We're going to play Yudoji. We're going to play Van der Ven, Romero, Porro. It's going to be a midfield of Saar and a midfield, yeah, a midfield of Saar and Basuma with Madders, and then he's going to play Richarlison. He's going to play Son, and he is going to play Kulusevski. Uh, that's going to be the team. You can bookmark that if you want. That is exactly what the team is going to be. Um, the, the whole Johnson over um, Richarlison debate. What I would weigh in with that is, I think that. Um, I think Johnson has been um, criticised previously for his work rate, especially at getting back. Yeah. Uh, something that Richarlison, you know, probably one of the only things that Richarlison has on him is his work rate. Um, and, he, you know, Richarlison will get back when he when he needs to. And I think we've seen it before. I think it was against Arsenal, actually, because obviously Johnson played that game, didn't he? And there was one point where I think it was Saka's goal, actually, um, the, the massive deflection into the goal. Um, Johnson could have or should have chased him back and, and, and probably did it a little bit less than he should have. So that would be my criticism there. So that's why I think Ange may go for Richarlison. But like I say, you can you can clip that. That's going to be the side. Yeah. 
definitely. And Johnny said, so Son is that great. That means it was the manager. Conte was dot, 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 way less than Arteta. Yeah, Conte is, I don't know where you've been for the last six months. <laughs> you have been here, but you must not have been listening because we've dug out Conte every single time we've ever spoken about him. Well, Arteta's dog shit as well, by the way, but we're just going to... I'm just gonna throw that one out there. Throw that one out there. Why not? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of agree with you about that lineup, Winnie. I think that you are probably right. And you know, the, as much as our hearts want to see Brennan Johnson play, his frailties are tracking back. And yeah. in this squad, we have to have players that track back. Especially, very easy way to explain it is when your fullbacks go inverted, your wingers need to come back. It's as simple as that. And then you yeah. said, all oh, your centre-backs can step across and your DM comes back. Either way, there has to be somebody that comes back and you can't play in the system and just want to be um, up top and not track back. So I think you are probably right until he gains that experience and <clears throat> you know, does that regularly, he won't be starting. He may, uh, he may be like that now. Ange may have, may have put his arm around him and said, look, if you want to start in this side, you need to do that. I don't know, but um, like I say, I saw I saw glimpses of it against Arsenal where he failed to track back with Saka. So for that to reason, fair, to be fair, he actually, if you look at the picture of the Ayu goal um, for Palace, he was the closest player to him. He actually did track back to come after Ayu. It was it was a crap track back. He didn't stop it, but yeah. at least he was tracking back. So yeah, maybe okay, fair enough. three weeks he was with Ange whilst not on international break. Maybe he was doing Hopefully. it. Time will see. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, you know, I kind of agree with you boys. I think that this should be a game that we should be winning comfortably. It should be a game that we should be winning which is weird, isn't it? Because we're talking very, about very, yeah, like very, very comfortably, we should be winning this game. But there's always a part of you, and I think there will always be until Spurs continually win things, which you know may take a lifetime. But until that happens, there will always be that worry in the back of your mind that going up against Chelsea um, in a derby in a hostile environment against your rivals, we cannot perform. But we went to the Emirates this season already. And we didn't play great at times, but we managed to get a point. And, you know, um, their goals were from, what, a deflected goal and a penalty. deflection. Um, and so, you know, th th there are signs that this team, you know, can cope with it. And let's be honest, how many players are still there that have been part of these defeats or these games that haven't gone well or this, you know, in fact, even in fact, this Conte era, there really aren't that many kind of that, that played week in, week out under that. So there really shouldn't be any of that. And there really shouldn't be any fear going into this game. It should just be saying, look, we're top of the league and we're playing 12th. Um, you know, we should be winning this fairly comfortably. And that kind of is a really good segue um, into our weekly score predictions. And do you know what? To make it fair, as I'm in the lead, I'll go, well, sort of first this week, because Harry's already <laughs> been. But out of us live... I'll go first. So Harry's gone three-two Spurs. So anybody that's watching live, get your score predictions for Spurs Chelsea in the chat. We will read all of them out as we get to them. If you've already posted them, just repost them again so that we can uh, find them and bring them up on the chat. Um, but I'm going to go. Go on. One-one draw. Oh, you dickhead. Okay. One-one <laughs> draw. Uh, okay. Callum, we're coming to you next. 
3-0 Spurs. <laughs> he wants to stay at the bottom of the table, bless him. Do you know well, what? No, Do you know what? I'll talk about why I went for 1-1. Because I think... Well, I went for it because I think that's what the score's going to be. But the, the reason why I was umming and ahhing about it before I said it is because I'm top of the league. And if Spurs win, you know, I get zero. Do you know what I mean? I get no points. So I'm kind of really focusing on the points. But... Do you know what? I'm going to say one all draw, which I've already obviously done, and uh, we'll see what happens. But Callum is really going for it this week. Do you know what I would have done, Callum Vargi? I'd have gone 2-0. Again, just keep going 2-0 every week and see what happens. No, yeah. but the thing was, they got twatted by Brentford yesterday at home yeah. at Stamford Bridge. They're yeah. away from home. They've been At least they've been winning a couple of games at home within reason. They've been dog shit on the road. So if Brentford can do them 2-0, we could do them 3-0. Hands down, mate. So I'm going to be ambitious. Might as like well. No, fair enough. You might as well be, mate. Um, Johnny went for 2-2. And uh, Thomas went also for 2-2. And uh, Winnie, I have a sneaky feeling that you were also going to go 1-1. Um, no, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, the reason why I said that is because I was hoping we would, t- we would, we would pick a different outcome. Um, so there would be a different, uh, you know, ah. a bit of a change at the top. But yeah, no, uh, two-two draw. That's that was my oh, my definitely. initial thought. Uh, Eight-one Spurs. Wow. Okay. Yeah, eight-one Spurs. Total demolition incoming. Chelsea will be humbled. Um, okay. So. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two-two. What's he been smoking? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a potential banana skin. Um, any London derby is a potential banana skin, regardless of form. Form kind of goes out the window, really. Yeah. Um, so I think we are capable of scoring, you know, kind of at will against them. But I I don't know. I just feel like their players, Pochettino, the occasion might make the, the, the game a little bit different. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, big up to Jay, who said 3-1 uh, Spurs. Yeah. Um, and uh, James Yee Paratrooper, who went for 8 1 Spurs, uh, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button uh, for that ridiculous comment. And uh, we'll happily have them week in, week out. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we are still waiting on Dave's score. So I will uh, get that from him this week. Um, before we finish, Johnny said, if you win 8 1, I'll shave my head and tattoo Richarlison and Son, the best in the world, on my chest. Not sure why you have to shave your head and tattoo your chest, but fair enough. <laughs> can't, you ta- can't you tattoo that on your head, Johnny, instead? That'd yeah. be even better, mate. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. But um, that kind of wraps us up this week. We won't be back next Sunday at 7 o'clock because, once again, we will be doing a live watch-along. So yeah. uh, we will be here watching the full game. Um, we'll be on before the game and after. So join in next Monday. Not this Monday. Next Monday, 7.30 p.m. as we probably be three of us again um, as uh, myself, Callum and Winnie sit through another three hours of Spurs and uh, we'll bring you all the kind of lowdown as, as it goes on. We're working on something this week to uh, you know, to make it a little bit easier so we're not all miles behind of each other at the same time. <laughs> so hopefully my uh, IT man Callum has sorted it all out but uh, yeah, we'll be here we'll be back uh the following Monday for a live watch along. Um, Winnie, thanks again, buddy, for coming on. How can everybody find you? Winnie1991 on Twitter um, and obviously Park Lane admin. Um, But all I can say is just, if you're not already, just hit 
you know, the subscribe button because it makes a big difference. Um, I know that's quite cliche and a lot of people say it, but it makes a big difference to us in particular because, you know, the, the, the bigger YouTube channels and the, and, the, and the bigger creators that have massive, massive subscribers, one probably doesn't make a difference, but to us it makes a huge difference. So yeah. if you are watching this um, and you're not subscribed, it literally takes two seconds. Just go and do it. Um, and, you know, if you don't, then if you don't like us, then don't do it, obviously. But if you are watching us, then it's probably because you like us. So go ahead. Do you know and what? If you don't like us, do it anyway, because it doesn't really do anything. And it helps us out. So we might as yeah, well. Yeah. Do you know what? Just do it. If you, if you think I'm a dickhead, just do it. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Callum, how can everyone find you? As always, at Callum Stubbs 97 on Twitter, mate. Um, yeah. No, it's. It's always good to be on here. And, uh, yeah, I am working on some different options for the watch along. So I will be having a look and I will be keeping everyone briefed. So hopefully we'll do stuff where it's not just me with good internet and the other two with crap. So, um, Excuse me. Excuse me. Who was when I when I eventually came on at halftime, whose stream was ahead? That was once, Winnie. I went ahead four times after that. <laughs> yeah, maybe you did. Um, and uh, yeah, big up to August uh, Lever as well. Oh, by the way, if you're going to join the watch along and be an asshole, you will be blocked immediately. So uh, yes. don't start all that nonsense again. But anyway, let's not go on to that. Um, let's wrap this up. If you want to follow me, it's Luke underscore Park Lane. But more importantly, make sure you are subscribing to the channel. And, uh, you know, if you watch any of our videos, watch all the way through. Because as Winnie said, even one new viewer even one new like one new subscriber on podcast, one new listen on uh spotify apple music wherever you get your podcast from it really does help us out and i do see them coming up and i do get the notifications of who has subscribed so you know i want to thank everybody in recent months and weeks that has and i want to thank the you know the people that come on every single week on this channel there's a few of you you know we've not got a huge gang but we're growing and uh, i want to thank you all for every week even this week throughout the internet issues that uh, youtube has been having uh, i just want to thank every single person that's tuned in and uh, we really do appreciate you all anyway enough of that we'll be back next monday 7 30 for a live watch along of the chelsea game and potentially some booze from all three of us until next time a big come on you spurs come on you spurs, come on, you spurs. Come on, you spurs.